be digging into the Word of God together. So let's grab our pens. Again, we want to use those micron pens. We don't want to use something that's going to bleed into the paper. I'm using orange today. And we've got our pencils that we're using. Make sure you're using an okay pencil to mark things up in your Bible. And we are going to be going through today, starting in the New Testament, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 7 through verse 17. So let's open up our Bibles and begin. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon. Now let's remember together that here and when you're seeing things in the Bible, when you're talking about dragon, that is a symbol. That's a symbolism of the devil. So keep that in mind when you're taking a look at things outside in the world and you're seeing things with dragons and all that kind of stuff. It really is referencing to Satan. All right, let's keep that in mind. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. No surprise there, right? And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon, again, Satan, was thrown down. That ancient serpent, again, snake, another symbol that is used in describing Satan. You know, we see that in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. So you need to realize devil, dragon, serpent. These are all things that can also be interchangeable when describing Satan. And we see that in this passage. And that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, that's who he is, he was thrown down to earth and his angels were also thrown down with him. No more access. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser, again, that's Satan, that's who he is, that's his character. We know about God and who he is. We need to understand Satan has his character as well. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. Now, I really like this next verse. Let's take a look. And they have conquered him. He's conquered. He's a conquered foe. How? by the blood of the lamb. Now let's think back to school of the cross. Remember we were talking about how when the blood of Jesus was shed, that is blood that still speaks today. Remember, and we would say it says justified. It says clean. There's all these words and proclamations that the blood has. And that is that blood that helped to conquer. So they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, by sharing about God, by speaking about God, by telling about who he is, what he's done, what he's doing. For they loved not their lives even unto death. They weren't all about themselves. They weren't all about their, their life, these brothers. They were about advancing the kingdom of God. They were about sharing the gospel that people would hear and know about him and know who he is. Therefore, rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath. He's angry, but there's a reason. 
because he knows his time is short. You need to remember with me the end goal of Satan, the end goal, what he wants, what he wants to accomplish. He wants to divide people. He wants to turn people away from God. He wants to turn people towards him. He doesn't want people to go to heaven and he wants people to go to hell. He has goals he wants to accomplish and he has short time to do that in. And when the dragon, verse 13, saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of the great eagle so that she may fly from the serpent, again the devil, into the wilderness, to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to help the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who kept, now this is important, on those who kept the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. We need to understand that for those of us who are going to be working on sharing the testimony of Jesus, on holding to the commandments of God, you are not going to be a friend with this world. You're not going to be friends with Satan, not that you want to be, but you're not going to be friends with the followers of Satan with the people who worship and follow the king of this world. It doesn't work that way because he wants to destroy those who keep the commandments of God, those who hold on to the testimony of Jesus. He knows his time is short. And he, as we've also been studying in our sermons, is roaming, seeking whom he can devour. He has an end goal of separating people from their Lord, of separating people from Jesus. But we understand that God loves us so much that by the word of the testimony of other people, by the blood of the lamb that was shed, we are free. We can walk in a beautiful relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, I hope you understand and realize just how much your Heavenly Father loves you and just how important it is that that blood is still speaking for you today. Also keep in mind about these things that are interchangeable with Satan. We don't necessarily want to have things with dragons and snakes around us that could remind us of some stuff we don't necessarily want to remember, but we want to be keeping things around us that point us to God and point us to his testimony and his words and his promises, which will prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. Now we're going to worship our wonderful Lord some more before we come back and hit the Old Testament together. Let's worship. The night went to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky. 
you guys if you would please open up your bibles to the old testament to micah chapter 5 verse 1 and we're going to go all the way to chapter 6 verse 8 together so let us start now muster your troops o daughter of troops siege is laid against us with a rod they strike the judge of israel on the cheek but you o bethlehem ephrathath who are too little to be among the clans of judah from you shall come for me one who is to be ruler in israel whose origin is from old from ancient days let's remember together that god is not a respecter of persons you don't have to come from a big family or a wealthy family or a big clan as we're seeing here in the passage to be used by god god can use anyone like david 
came just as a shepherd boy. Look at Jesus. He wasn't born into the wealthiest of the wealthiest of the families. He was born into solid parents, but who came from simple families. You take a look at his disciples when you study the Bible. You see that most of them were simple laborer fishermen. God doesn't take a look at your position and who you are and this and that. God just wants to use you. It doesn't matter where you came from. Therefore, verse 3, he shall give them up until the time when she is in labor and has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And he shall be their peace. When Assyrian come into their our land and treads in our palaces, then we will rise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod and its entrances. And they shall deliver us from the Assyrians when he come into our land and treads within our border. Then the remnant, there's always a remnant of Jacob, shall be in the midst of many people like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which delay not for a man, nor wait for the children of men. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the nations in the midst of many people, like a lion among the beasts in the forest, like a young lion among the flocks of sheep, which when it goes through, treads down and tears in pieces, and there is none to deliver. Your hand shall be lifted up over your adversaries, and your enemies shall be cut off. And in that day, declares the Lord, I will cut off your horses from among you, and you will destroy your chariots. And I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all your strongholds. And I will cut off your sorcerers from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of fortunes. And I will cut off your carved images and your pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the works of your hands. And I will root out your Asherah images from among you and destroy your cities. And in anger and wrath, I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey. Now, we need to understand before we move on to chapter 6. That God is so full of love, that God is so full of mercy, but he will also not tolerate sin. Though there is mercy, though there is a chance, there is also a limit to what God will allow, to what God will accept. He is not going to accept that forever and ever and ever you're going to be living this lifestyle and that he'll still have mercy and grace upon your life. Now, yes, it's God's goodness that's going to lead people to repentance, as we know from the Bible. But we also need to know that that mercy, that that grace, that that hand of protection is going to come off. And at some point, God goes, there are going to be consequences for your actions. And this is what he's trying to make very, very clear here. Now, let's go on to chapter six together. Hear what the Lord says. Arise. 
Plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear your mountains, the indictment of the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me, for I have brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the home of slavery. And I set before you Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Guys, I set you free, God is saying. I set you free from the sin, from the slavery, and I put people in your life. I put people before you to help lead you and guide you. Come on, guys, he's saying. Verse 5, oh, my people. Remember what Balak, king of the Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. All of these things happened that you would know that he is a saving God, that he, that's his characteristic, that's who he is, that's what he does. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, and I, I love this part, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? God has taught us, God has laid out before us what is good, what is right, what is wrong, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. And he has made very clear these things to us. And here, I love this verse. To me, this is one that I mark up in my Bible. It, I love where it says, and what does the Lord require? You want to know what God wants of you? You want to know what it is that God is asking of you? You want to know how to please God? It says so right here. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is what he asks of us, that we live right, that we love kindness, that we walk in a relationship with him. This is what he asks, that we will live this lifestyle. This is a lifestyle that he can bless. This is a lifestyle that he can have a relationship with. So brothers and sisters this morning, I pray that as we go through the book of Revelation and we go through the book of Micah together, we're seeing some important things about how we need to live our life. And these three characteristics is something we should be praying for that we need to have because it says, what does the Lord require of us? This is something he's requiring from us. So this is something we need to be striving to have in our life. Do justice, love kindness, humbly walk with our God. Let's pray for these three things to be a part of our life. 
Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word because, Lord, it says that you have told us, you have taught us, Lord, what is good, that we know what is right from wrong. And, Lord, we come and know and understand that you require some things of us. So, Father, we pray and ask, help us, Lord, your children, to walk in a way that you can bless, to live a life, Lord, that you can bless. Lord, you require of us to do justice to love kindness, to walk humbly with you. So, Father, help us in our life that we will be able to achieve and do all of these things, Father God. Lord, we pray, be our constant guide. Lord, we want to walk into a great relationship with you. We want to have a life that you can bless. Lord, we thank you so much for what you have done. We thank you for your word, which teaches us and helps us and guides us. Lord, as we go about our day today, Lord, continue to be with us. Let the word that we study, the words we hear, the unfolding of your word stay a part of our heart and our life. Lord, let us be able to apply it, Lord God, that it not just be something that we hear in one ear and it goes out the other ear, but that it takes hold of our heart, Lord God, and it leads us to change things in our life. Lord, we thank you that you are working of the good work that you started, that, Lord, we're working every day to walk with you, to have a relationship with you. And, Lord, as we get ready to go today, we pray in all that we do, Lord, bless the work of our hands. Continue to be our Father. Continue to be our guide, our teacher, Lord God. Lord, we pray for our government in these times that you will give them guidance and wisdom. Lord, I pray for our families in this holiday season, that, Lord, your hand of protection will be upon them, Lord God, that no sickness or disease shall be upon them, and that, Lord, you shall bless them. Lord, we thank you that we will have some time together as a family and remember that you are the reason for the season. Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done for us in our life. We are truly honored and thankful and grateful. We worship you, God, for you are so good. We lift you up, Lord. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, again, COP, thank you so much for being with me this morning. I hope you have had a great day, and we so look forward to seeing you in the services this weekend and coming up next week with Candlelight Communion. Have an amazing day. Take care and go.